this. Really, Candyman? Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Hello and welcome to episode 48 of We Need to Talk About Horror, presented by DestroyTheBrain.com. We have a uh, crew here today. Uh, we're just going to go down the list and introduce ourselves, and uh, if you have any affiliation with a band or anything, you might as well say it. Free promotion. I'm Andy Triefenbach. I am Niles Maddox. I'm Don Brazell. I own the record space, and I'm in Bastard Squad. I'm Josh Edwards. Uh, I play bass in Breakmouth Andy. I'm Valerie Chapman, and I have no affiliations. <laughs> okay, all right. It's a solo project. <laughs> I have no affiliations. And, and I'm a crip. No. Oh, whoa, whoa. Don, be careful. <laughs> you know this blood county. Yeah. All right, anyway. <laughs> what you trying to say? <laughs> We're going to be covering uh, music in the 90s and onward, and basically uh, we're going to cover I think one of the first things that we're going to get into is kind of soundtracks for horror movies. But before we do, let's get in uh, some housekeeping. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Destroy the Brain. And yes, uh, if you haven't figured it out, we're recording it live here at the Record Space at 8716 Gravoy Road in St. Louis, Missouri. You can find their social medias at the Record Space. Wait, is it at the underscore Record Space? Or it's all one word, right? All one word. Okay, I didn't fuck up. And then I just fucked up by or, saying or all that. did you? Which, if you haven't figured out, we can cuss. Because we're adults. Alright, this is our segment called Get Up In Them Guts. It's very hard to be professional when we have songs like that. So, anyway. Wacky Morning Radio. (laughs) Welcome. Alright, so, um, yeah, like I was saying before uh, I had to get stuffed going, is uh, once we get into the 90s, I know we briefly talked about, uh, so if you also haven't figured it out, it's part two of Music Holocaust, so... If you didn't hear part one, go back and listen to part one. And uh, yeah, now it's part two. So we left off. Boogaloo. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we left off pretty much kind of talking, I think, a little bit about uh, we started getting into hip hop, but that doesn't really make a big play. Into, no, 80s, into the uh, 80s. I mean, primarily it was the rise of the soundtrack culture, uh, punk rock metal being a huge influence on those horror films at that time. Um, and then, yeah, the, by the 90s, it's literally run like they're making bank at that point on soundtracks. So you get whole soundtracks with any new and up and coming band that was willing to make a original song. They would be asked to do so. Well, yeah, I mean, I know we were talking um, briefly. I think we mentioned on the last episode we talked about singles. Yeah. Which was kind of the big thing where movies had... Basically, studios looked at the record companies and said, oh, now we have a supplementary product because of CDs on the rise to sell music. Well, yeah, because nobody's buying a 45, you know, nobody's buying actual CDs. Right, right. Tape single. Right, right. (laughs) But so they're like, oh, let's just put all these, like you said, let's put all these artists that are either making money for us or mix them in with artists that aren't making money for us to hopefully promote it. And they used it as a supplementary product. But 
in my opinion, I think there's some decent 90s soundtracks. And also, <clears throat> the movies also crossed over and had the musicians in the movies, too. Yeah. I mean, singles did that. And then, you know, eventually you have, like, Halloween H2O. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, yes. And, we always know, looked at I Halloween know, H2O. Definitely, though. I mean, you got the crossover, well, especially yeah. with the hip-hop, you know. Yeah, I mean, then that's, I mean, we when you start looking at hip-hop, and I mean, it really was that end of 80s, the, uh, basically, the gang violence turned into, you know, I think people started realizing it wasn't necessarily real. And so they're like, well, but we still want to talk about violence. We right. could talk about horror violence. That right, would work. right. Because in the so it became, you know, part of the entertainment, you know, the the darker side of um, hip hop. Really, it became based around murder, death, darkness. Yeah, and I don't think last time we talked about it. Uh, not to go too back in the eighties. No, we can go the, back because I just stopped it because I was like, once we start, it's really just like the you know NWA, and then it's just like Ghetto Boys, and then yeah. So then it was like that's not that's eighties, right? Yeah, we, that's eighty six, I think. Yeah. And then um, yeah, it's really from that point on. That's when it starts to have that darker, actually like horror themed tones. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not like Woudini, but <laughs> <laughs> so. Anyway. So, uh, one of my favorite soundtracks was probably Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. Oh, yeah. Because they had a really good mixture. That was actually the first time I'd ever heard, uh, great. well, actually, I got into Wu-Tang because of the Gravedigger song. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Because I had that, yeah, I like, my friend uh, <laughs> bootlegged a copy on a tape for me because my mom oh, would not shit. let me have that soundtrack, obviously, because oh. she was mean. The um, FBI is but yeah, I wanted, you know, I wanted for the filter, but I ended up, well, like, leaving for the Gravediggers. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was a solid soundtrack. I mean, obviously, uh, Hey Man, Nice Shot was like everywhere so and that soundtrack really had that cool intro with the uh the driving chase car scene. well yeah, yeah 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 and plus at that point in time i liked filter anyway well so. yeah and a song based on the uh <clears throat> the real life shooting of uh the dude killing himself right oh but the wire but yeah. wire yeah That's yeah right. so uh if you don't know the whole story because there was also that rumor with hey man i shot where they thought it was about kurt cobain and it's not. It's yep. about Bud Dwyer. If you're not familiar with Bud Dwyer, he was a politician in Pennsylvania, I believe, that committed suicide on live TV. Yep. And he just pulled out a huge gun and shot himself. And yeah, it's a circul- It's a video that's probably circulating wow. on what? That Gorge website that it's you talked about? It also <laughs> was on the Traces of Death. Call oh, back yeah, to that's the last right. episode. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's it. but um, <clears throat> I honestly like... I still like that filter album, um, but yeah, you're you're right. I kind of probably came in at, at like, oh, let me listen to filter, and then I I was like, oh, there's a couple right. of really good tracks on here. One of the other sound, like I remember listening to a, the Crow. I mean, the Crow. The Crow. I was about to say, like that was honestly that was the if I look back in the '90s, like that was like everybody had that one. Actually, I prefer the second soundtrack. I didn't prefer the second movie, but the second soundtrack had some bangers on it with like Drassatol and. Yeah. The Toadie track, yeah. Yeah. Danzig made the second one, too. Yep. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Underbelly of the Beast, right? I think. Yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, The Crow and Judgment Night, which Judgment Night isn't a horror it's film. It's not a horror movie, but it was... Definitely falls into that category of those soundtracks I mean, it's 90s. a thriller. Yeah, it works. And it has a great soundtrack with the crossover music and all the record label stuff. With Before Epic. they did Spawn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but The Crow soundtrack... Man, that that thing was a beast. Yeah, I still mean, still is. Yeah, 
well, what? The record store day just did like 8,000 copies and you can't find it anymore, nope. right? It, yeah, it immediately sold out. <laughs> still a heavy hitter. Yeah, it's still, I mean, it's still, well, that's the thing. It was like a nice greatest hits for the 90s for like your local alternative right. well, rock station. Wasn't it like what STP was on there, right? STP, Henry Rollins, Deftones? Uh, Helmet. Or no, that was the second no, one. No, Deftones was the second one. Yeah. Uh, the Cure was on there, you know. I mean, there's there's a lot of really great tracks on there. Sisters of Love and Grace, right? I think that's it. Sure, I don't. Or know. Machine. I, it's, uh, I, I, I always I asked Machine, sir. Was the uh, was Clerks before uh, the single soundtrack, or was that the other way around? Because Clerks also had a, a soundtrack that was well, Clerks was '94, right? Yeah, laid in well, yeah, '93, and then it was released on video in '94, but nobody saw it till '94. Yeah, right, right. I don't know. That's a good question. Singles was 92, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, Research. Hey, it's I'm not horror, as so. As I can't. I did. Hold on. <laughs> Neither of those are horror. Yeah, so don't worry about it. It's fine. No, but, but I mean, they definitely the, fall into the that. The point is, is you can, we, the, you can meddle it because it's basically soundtracks were huge at this time. Like, most people bought soundtracks more than they bought actual albums. They right. wanted that single from Wayne's World or they wanted, you know, like the Alice Cooper song, you know. Yeah, that was the thing. People would, if I wanted Bohemian Rhapsody because I heard it on uh, Wayne's World, I'd buy the soundtrack and not, you know, the Queen album. And I know what you did last summer movies had those soundtracks too. Uh, They did have soundtracks. I mean, that was. Rock soundtracks. Yeah, when you're look, that was like late 90s, and I felt like a lot of them, what they just did was take classic rock and cover them. I remember there was a lot of alt rock bands covering classic rock. That's what The Crow had part of. Yeah, exactly. But it was just like, that was like a trend. It was like, oh, yeah, let's bring back. Yep. You know, a a deep purple track. I remember because they covered Burn on uh, one of. Yeah, it's on the first one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Nine Inch Nails did. And, uh, that's what you're talking about, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Rollins Band did the uh, Ghost Rider in the Sky song. Yeah. <clears throat> Ghost Riders. But I also, uh, I do remember the Scream soundtrack, and I did listen to that quite a bit, as uh, much yeah. as I might lose some street cred. But there's actually some decent covers in there. Uh, like the Don't Fear the Reaper cover is kind of cool, because it's like slow down acoustic. Yeah. <sighs> and then... Um, one soundtrack that I feel like name dropping because everybody knows it's my guilty pleasure is Brain Scan. And what's interesting about Brain Scan is there's a band called Old or Old Lady Drivers is what it really stands for. And the guy behind that is James Plotkin. And if that name doesn't sound familiar, um, basically, and we'll cover most of it in a uh, probably our next episode that we record here where we talk about scores. James Plotkin did a lot of vinyl mastering for uh, Mondo, all their releases, especially in the beginning. So he's just a a dude that's been working kind of in the genre for a while. And if you ever see BrainScan or if you've ever seen BrainScan, um, they use a lot of that track for whatever reason. Like that's almost, it's pretty much the score. It's really weird. Yeah, who's in that? Is that Edward Furlong? Uh, yeah, that's Edward Furlong, also known as Mom. I didn't want to scream it. <laughs> Andy, Andy loves Edward Furlong. If no, you didn't know. look, man, Pet Cemetery Two is a gem. Check it out. <laughs> uh, singles came first. P.S. Yes, I looked it up. Yeah, it was ninety two, right? Yeah. Or was it ninety one? Ninety two. Okay. And then uh, that soundtrack <clears throat> has the uh, White Zombie song on it. Oh yeah. And then uh, what? Brain scan. 
Yeah. Yeah, it has a remix version on yeah. there, though. And Ooh. then that uh, their guitarist, Jay, is the dude who yep. does all the He does the mastering, mastering for Waxwork. For, yep. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting how you have I didn't know that. two yeah. artists yeah. on that track that do that. I mean, Plotkin's pretty much the mastermind of Old Lady Drivers, but nobody's really heard of Old Lady Drivers anyway. What's but everybody's now? heard of White Zombie, which, speaking of, you know, I mean, they got really big in the 90s. I don't want to jump into the banjo. Let's keep going on soundtracks. Okay. You what do about soundtracks? the end of the table? What do you guys... Yeah, yeah. What, what, you guys got a favorite soundtrack, soundtrack from, like, the 90s? In the 90s. <laughs> Give me a moment. Oh, you're good, man. On the spot, I'd have to say it was Scream or The Faculty. Yep. Okay. What was on The Faculty? <clears throat> what tracks were on there? They they had what the offspring song um, right yeah kids yeah. are all right is um, that the song yeah okay yeah I couldn't remember they, uh, I think they did the wall yep. at the end of that one oh, that's what I'm saying yeah. man it's just covering all those classic rock dudes schools out huge thing eighteen mm-hmm. yeah but it, yeah and even towards the end of the <laughs> and they were on the scream one yeah. too right scream the end of the nineties I felt like yeah it was yeah mostly... they were on scream three because I think uh, that was put out like by Wind Up Records. Hmm. And I think they were on that record label. I don't know. It was probably like some church funneling. I feel like that was horror was the only genre that was really getting soundtracks at that point in time too. You know, with arms wide open. (laughs) Oh my! my. (laughs) That was the song on Scream Three. Well, yeah, like uh, like you were saying, like Scream. I know what you did last summer. All those teen thrillers, like they were able to throw in current bands, uh, pre new metal that era. Um, Queen of the Damned, I remember, was like one a big one. Um, but yeah, it was like that was the only stuff that people were still buying, because um, I can't think of a lot of comedy or other soundtracks that were big at the, you know the like two thousand mark. You know, I mean there were what like the teenage mu- movies like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's what I almost said. <laughs> in uh, in two thousand, <laughs> like American Pie. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, American, I'm talking American about Pie. There like, you go. That's yeah, one. American had, Pie uh, can't hardly wait. What, like some forty one and. But, I mean, yeah, that's granted that's, like, in the later 90s. So. Well, no, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, like, the idea that, like, there really was horror was still being sold as a soundtrack option, like, uh, unlike other genres in movies at the time. Yeah. Right. It was, like, the, the, the last breath of soundtracks was, it felt like, in the horror genre. We'll get an honorable mention over here from Tiffany with the craft soundtrack. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. That's a good soundtrack. Bam. <laughs> what other ones? If if we want to stay on soundtracks, what other ones? Well, I just want to jump right into like talk about ours because we like we bring up Manson and then we'll just talk for twenty minutes. So I would say on the note of like the teen movies and more like comedies, this is, I think it's like two thousand or two thousand one. The Dude Where's My Car soundtrack is pretty yep. cool. It's got like Wayne and uh, I'm trying to think who else is on there. Uh, Young MC. Oh yeah. There. Oh my and, god. Uh, nice. There's a lot of weird stuff on it. It's like really bizarre. But it's like I remember I bought that, and I listened to it, and I wasn't completely disappointed. Yeah, uh, <laughs> another one actually right around that time, not another teen movie had that Manson song that he did the cover of uh, Sweet Dreams. No, you don't know. He like dressed and he like was in like a the video had him in like a lowrider with like gold teeth. What? Yeah, you don't. No. It was the dude. I'm telling you. Hold on, I'm looking it up. Go ahead. <laughs> where's my dude? Where's my phone? Let me look it up. I am. Not another teen movie? Right he was yeah. really on that? Oh, wow. He wow. was the one trying to find his phone. Yeah, he covered Tainted Love. Oh, that's, that's right. Bam, you heard it. It was on the radio. 
I love that we uh, spent a good amount of time on a non-horror soundtrack figure. No, no but he, Manson. Yeah, so I mean, I guess uh, I guess we're good with soundtracks. Yeah. We can start getting into some of the meat and potatoes of horror music, you know, because Marilyn Manson is definitely a big part of the '90s because he was what the the like anti-establishment. Uh, he was the rebellion of all teenagers. I mean, when it came down to it, he was to blame for Columbine, supposedly, from a lot oh, of people yeah. at the end of the 90s. So it was like his, yeah, the 90s were his time to like shock, bring back shock rock and, you know, be an outlet for angry teens and teens who didn't fit in. And Yeah. Because no. when did his first album come out? Portraits? Portraits. 94. Yeah. 94, I saw yeah. him on the tour okay. with Danzig and Korn. Yeah. 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 Well, all those bands at the time. <clears throat> they all had... And the, the Danzig Mother video. Oh, oh yeah. And definitely all his videos were bringing the horror uh, into the 90s there for everybody. Yeah, he did a good crossover into the early 90s. I remember that. Yeah, that's when he got real big. I mean, I mean that's when I... Honestly, that's when I got into him. I mean, that's when I knew When he was, was Mother released? 92? Uh, Mother was released in 88. Oh, shit. Are you serious? Um, but it, really it was got... banned from MTV, and then it got the re-release, and then that's when everybody caught on to it. When was the re-release? Mother 93. Okay. All right. But the original Holy video with the that. chicken and everything. That oh, was... I remember this. Now. Right. What about the chicken? Well, what down to it? It wasn't a chicken. <laughs> it was just chocolate that. syrup and a shadow. Oh. But he tore a chicken in half and yeah. did the pentagram on the, the cross or pentagram or whatever on the woman's body. That's cool. You haven't seen it? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, now he wants I to like hanging out with Don. He tells me all kinds of awful things. <laughs> That's not even the word. Man, uh, Danzig had a video for... Um, uh, damn. It was on the box, uh, and then it was uh, heavily edited. Um, oh, I missed the box. It's that coming down. Awesome. It's coming down, which has actual, like, Cock piercings and oh, fucking hardcore. Spicy. Oh my! Really, he goes all the way. <laughs> but uh, I don't think he was ever afraid to to fucking go all the way. In the test, videos, test the uh, and the box definitely, uh, you know, was the host of his stuff. I, yeah, I missed that channel. That that was always like the uh, cooler channel to watch. I felt like, especially for like hip hop. Like, it yeah, always, it always had the more grand. That's where I found out about Bone or you know Easy's. You know, when when he, and then the introduction to Bone, which. Bone was also crossover into the horror stuff. Oh, I know. I was, I was like, I was waiting. We can talk hip hop. Yeah, but I'm, I don't, I don't know if you're ready yet. Uh, I mean, I'm just the talking. only thing I wanted to mention uh, since we talked about Manson is obviously like Nine Inch Nails and the Nothing label. Yeah, and I don't know if you guys remember when Nine Inch Nails put out the Broken movie. Mm-hmm. I knew the yes. EP. I don't know the movie. <clears throat> so yeah, so there's the Broken EP. And then uh, there's the movie, which is basically all it is is the music videos, but it's unedited. And for a long period of time, it was banned and you couldn't get it. Mm -hmm. But then I think eventually Trent Reznor actually put it out on Torrance not that long ago. He was just like, fuck it. Manson worked on some of the guitars on that, didn't he? Yeah, Yeah. on Give Up. Yeah. Yeah. Which is filmed and and, uh, the guy from Filter was on there too. Yeah. Yeah. Richard Patrick. And then. Marilyn Manson. And it's funny because they all, I mean, business-wise, they all had the same ideals. It was uh, guns for hire kind of bands. Kind they of, were yeah. all, you know, had very heavy front men, and then they would just hire kind of right. in between each other, like switch bands back and forth. Right, because, I mean, Trent Reznor was Nine Inch Nails, and everybody is a hired gun. 
That was the whole point. Yeah, I know. But, um, no, and that's also filmed in Sharon Tate's house where she was murdered. You know that, right? No. Yeah, so uh, Reznor, I think, either rented it, leased it, or maybe he bought it. For Head Like a Hole? Or no, for, um, what did you say? For Downward Spiral. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. I think no, I knew that. Spiral. I knew yeah. that. Yeah. And he called it Le Pig Studios, because nice. that's what they read on the wall. Well, not Le Pig, but just Pig. Yeah. 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 Fun. Fun. Okay, hip hop. Why don't you get into it? Talking about <clears throat> serial killers now. <laughs> <laughs> It's only a matter of time. Well, Charlie yeah. never killed anybody, man. Mur- yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I mean, he was well, wrongfully accused. <laughs> <laughs> Boys. Boys. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, you look at, you know, the rise of hip hop culture in the suburbs. It was late 80s gang culture that took place in like the nicest areas. Uh, basically, every white kid in America decided that they were. NWA and I mean, it was one of them and so that's the way that went um, but yeah no uh, they basically had to go a bunch of different directions I felt like hip hop either went like the De La Soul way or you know that kind of way where it was like more of a fun we're getting down we're having a good time and then there was the gangster rap and then there was the rise of this like subgenre of horrorcore but like before that like um, let's be honest, ICP is one of them. They mm-hmm. came around 93, so <laughs> they started. Uh, Eminem started around that time. Uh, Esham, a lot of just different. And then Gravediggers came out of Wu-Tang's side project with RZA. So, yeah, I mean, there was just a lot of people trying to, like, express themselves in different ways from their passion from horror, I think. And so it was nice to... As a kid, to have an outlet like that, because I could, I could identify with horror culture. I couldn't identify with gang violence, <laughs> right? On yeah. my skateboard in my cul-de-sac. And where we talked about horror being like synonymous with the '80s, yeah. In the '90s, it really became truly mainstream. Absolutely. And then that's when it went downhill. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It's like you know, <laughs> to a certain extent, Andy I mean, spent most of his childhood watching horror. I did not, so. Right. He was there in the 90s watching this stuff live, basically. Right. And so I'm watching this stuff now, and I'm like, man, it just doesn't have the same, like... Uh, it doesn't have the same potency. Aesthetic, yeah. and it, it just doesn't feel as real or like somebody cared about it like the, they did. The 90s stuff? Yeah. For me, it's yeah, always... It was, it was all hollow, and it was more studio-driven. It was so definitely cash, like... People were cash cows, deciding the, you know, how this would play Children out. Children of and, the Corn 12. I don't... You know, it's just like they just... <laughs> let's pump out another one, you know? But yeah, no, it just... You're right. Until you get to, you know, some of the directors like Rodriguez with... Uh, from Dust Till Dawn and that soundtrack he did by himself, yeah. right? Well, mostly. Yeah. Uh, he wrote it all and played guitar on most of it. Well, in Graham Ravel. Yeah. Yeah. But that stuff was, you know, that stuff, you, you had some people who were getting it, who came up with it and, and got it. But then there was a lot of the really, like I said, studio. And he, of course, he did Faculty. But yeah. I, I definitely didn't think Faculty felt like one of his movies. I never did. But yeah, they're from the. Dust Till Dawn soundtrack's actually pretty good. It's mm-hmm. got yeah, that blaster that song <laughs> that I fucking love, Dark Knight, the one that opens mm-hmm. and closes yep. the movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's also kind of interesting, you know, talking about the 80s last episode or the last, you know, music episode where we talked about slashers in general and like metal music and, you know, just kind of fun party music. 
where in the 90s it kind of shifts gears a little bit as well, especially with hip-hop. It starts getting serious and it's talking about stuff on the streets, like real-life horror versus a, a mass killer coming to get you. Right. I mean, well, it's either... Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Or like, like, you know, 60s schlock horror movies and right. stuff like that. Well, that's what I was saying with hip-hop. It was like, yeah, either went to... It's self-realization that this is just this was supposed to be for fun originally. Right. And we've gone this other route. Or let's go full-blown into this. <laughs> and let's scare people. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I remember cool. when I first uh, was turned on to Bone, and they were definitely sold as like... Dudes that Easy found on the street, yeah, was and that single, had a, yeah, that single. What was the the first one? The creeper on a come up, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that was cool. Yeah, <laughs> no murder. No, yeah. that that uh, East nineteen ninety nine. That was like my anthem for about a year of my. But life, they always so. had the dark imagery, the the in the horror right. crossover aspect oh, yeah. to the group, uh, with you know that the streets were horrifying, and you know. It uh yeah so yeah. it's cool because they were they were you know they're from Cleveland right so like they, they were still from like the Midwest kind of mm-hmm. were they yeah. oh shit I didn't know that Cleveland is a city where we come from <gasps> <you're gone. laughs> yeah see? that makes sense no but yeah no that's yeah it was cool I was like ah oh, cool Midwest guys who are hanging out with Easy E that's awesome yeah I just I, I guess I always thought they were from West Coast because of I the bet Eazy-E. you did sorry I you were too busy I am definitely not Edward the hip hop guy here. <laughs> hip hip hop. I was trying to figure out how hip-hap. to hip hop. I was trying to figure out how to get my phone to answer like Igor from Brain Scan. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. <laughs> I watched it with him, and he is in love with that. Movie. I am. It's a good movie. It's great. <laughs> Why but you not, say it like that? It's the Franklin Gala is the director or the uh, detective, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's directed by the guy who directed Rolling Thunder mm. and the outfit and all these. Really cool movies. Rolling Thunder is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. See, now I'm you agree with me. <laughs> I grew up in the era of Furlong, so you know yeah. I was a fan. Yeah. Terminator, Terminator Two, man. Pet Cemetery Two. I hair just like him. My mom was like, "His hair is too long." I was like, "I hate you." He recorded an album too. It came out in Japan. Uh, yeah, we uh, found that out. I think we put that on the Slack <laughs> channel where uh, he did he did covers and then he did like one original, right? I don't know. It's terrible. Uh, yeah, it's on discount. I can't. Have, was it very uh, squeechy? Like just like uh, no. I Andy could probably pull it up. I don't think there's any rights associated with that. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. All right. Well, what's uh? Let's it's got to be better. Than I mean, Christopher Lee kind of rocked. So I mean, did did they do like a duet? No. It can't be no. as good as you could be mine. <laughs> oh. I'll do a cover. So you can get a uh, This is going to be terrifying What year is this? Uh, I want to say shortly Is it like 93? Yeah, 93 (laughs) He's playing all the saxophones (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a little kid Right. That's enough, Eddie. Just talking. That's enough, Eddie. <laughs> but yeah, it's it, it is kind of weird how like no one talked him out of that. No, is the Japanese Japanese like, talked hey, him get, into it? Yeah, let's get some money out of you, kid. Ooh, God, that sounded really gross. Anyway, <laughs> good God, God. moving it's on. Dark web. Of Write that time down. Hard edit. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so. 
you know, I mean, like hip hop. Do we still want to keep talking about that? No, I think we covered the basis. I mean, it's fine, right? I mean, do you want to talk about anything particular other than like Bone Thugs? No, not if we're still in the '90s. No, but I mean, like it you can keep going, man. Keep, and of course, Eminem. I mean, well, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like he, so yeah. Then you have the progression of like, uh, I mean, like it's basically mainstreamed, mm-hmm. but like. It was okay. Like, I remember eighth grade, ICP was like what girls listen to. And I was like, what? They were running the hallways, chicken hunting and stuff. And I was like, really? Yeah. Kids were all about the ICP at one point. And I was like, all right, I'll check them out. And then I realized that, like, it wasn't as cool as what people, I don't know. It was like, there was, it was cool for like two seconds. I just liked that they were on Hollywood Records and they put out that, what? It was the Great Malenko, right? Yeah, I mean that's really the only album I liked. So, and then he got put out by. To Disney. this day, I don't mind it. But I'm no, sorry. Here's the thing. That sounded like, very ICP of you. This this there. was <sighs> the funny part about it. I don't it. have a juggalo on me or anything. <laughs> was, it was released by Disney, and this was back in the day when nobody fucking did yeah, any I'm, internet research. They put it out, and then they pull it within like a day. Yeah. Here's another favorite for the kids. <laughs> I was just like, clown men. Why don't these people do their research? They gave them money to put this out. It's yeah. just kind of funny. But anyway. Yeah, but go ahead on Eminem. No, I just, the, that I just a, wanted to say his he name. He definitely had the, uh, the imagery like and man. the uh, the weird, I mean, it, uh, definitely with the alien stuff and the obsession with that, but then also the the obsession with violence and murder or his talking about what he was going to mur- do yeah. murdering his every his wife ex. every <laughs> second he could fuck my and mom or I'm going to murder as well yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> yeah and then well and then halfway in the 90s you also get the uh the new era of misfits <laughs> oh we're jumping okay we're jumping to misfits well i mean you said you were pretty much done with hip hop, right? I think I'm done with it. Yeah. It's cool. Okay, so basically you can look at the remnants of it today. It has basically become what I consider the new wave or like almost gothic style that like the early eighties had with like Bauhaus and Joy Division. Has yeah. actually it's the same attitude that is in hip hop now, where it's like the downer, the you know, and that's why you see a lot of like <laughs> these young rappers dying from, you know, overdosing on Xanax and right. things like that because it's it's very like self inner emo thoughts and it's it's because of this genre has transitioned to here um, where they just don't give a fuck and it's, which is an Eminem song yeah uh, exactly and also on top of that actually if you go back and listen to his first two albums yeah all the things that these kids are on about yeah. it's all the same exact thing just regurgitated again the same pill popping nonsense Absolutely. the you know, killing your ex and your girlfriend, screwing yep. you, you know, it's all the same yep. shit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's definitely a 20 years later, 25 but it's years, like, you whatever. know, there, it, there's moments, there's a group called Suicide Boys who I actually dig. They're from Louisiana and right. they, uh, they use a lot of basically, it's not necessarily like they use a lot of synth, but it's very horror-esque in tones and I, I dig it. Um, but yeah, you can get like that vibe, that horror vibe and some of their songs. Yeah, that's my son listens to that stuff. So the, the I, whole, that's what I was saying. I was like, whole, I know Donnie's either gonna know about it or his son listens to it because he looks like a kid it. who would listen to it. That so. whole goth boy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling Hip-hop you, man. Thing. But it's it is funny because I look at it as a person who's what I'm 36 and I've just you know I've tried to be up to date. I've never right. tried to not listen to me. I don't Same ever want to be. They're not making good music. I was like, well, you're on the couch listening to the radio, so that's why. 
I agree. You got to go find it. Um, but the point is, it's like just watching that. Yeah, the uh, full circle of like watching how teenagers are just always going to go revert back to like mm-hmm. that attitude. I mean, yeah. early '90s grunge. <laughs> yep. And anytime that you you know you get into a new era of music where you don't understand it, it's probably because it's not for you. And then it takes work to understand it. Yeah, I mean, you have to actually listen and sit down and try to understand how this could make sense to anybody. Because kids definitely are, we're, it, it's always ahead of us. Yeah. Right? you know when you grow up. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but yeah, there's a lot of themes that are the same as it was. You know, same as it just, ever was. Yep, exactly. Thank you. Days go by. <laughs> same as it ever was. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, you. That's what I was saying too. With you know, going into that from Danzig, you go into Rob Zombie. Right. And bands like Korn and Slipknot. And I mean, you know, you get into the new metal era and then horror is directly crossed into it yeah. fully. It's kind of strange. Like, I remember. Mudvayne. I mean, uh, it's all there. We were listening to Mudvayne on the way here. Yeah, he was like, he was I don't like, like Mudvayne. I was like, play Death Blooms. And he's like, <laughs> he's like I no, think that's the only not. track that maybe I can listen to the whole thing. But no, what I will say about that Slipknot album, that first one, whenever uh, they pulled that song off, I don't know if you guys remember this. Wait and Bleed? No, uh, there was it was kind of worked in conjunction. It was two tracks back to back. One was called Frail Limb Nursery, and the other one was called Purity. Oh, and I know that one. They pulled it because there was a copyright on it, and essentially what it was was a recording. I think the story as it goes, you you hear a girl like say kind of like a nursery rhyme and she says I'm tired and hungry have you ever seen God I think that's how it ends and it's supposed to be this recording of this girl who was buried alive and like just stuck there and she couldn't move I, I'll i have to dig it up but it was like so you're saying frail limb nursery is yeah frail that. limb nursery it I, was, I know this song it was so. on a uh, it was on like a true crime website and yeah, I, I mean, I could probably find it on YouTube to play it, but uh, yeah, you cannot find it anymore because it's due to copyright reasonings. Because it was false, but it was it was believable. And then they wrote a whole story or a whole song based on that. So anyway, all right, Slipknot. <laughs> Adios. I just like their masks. They were fun. What was that other <clears throat> band that was like them? Um, Dude, there was Mushroom Head. There Mushroom was Head, that's it. yeah, Mudvayne, Slipknot. <laughs> so many bands. Dude, I well, see the thing is, is I actually was like really heavy into like the new metal scene. I did a promotion for a company called Streetwise. I don't know if yeah. Anyways, it was started by the guy who like was the manager for System of a Down, and so he came out to the Midwest and was like, "Hey, if you pass out these stickers, I'll let you go to see." Queens of the Stone Age, but you got to pass out stickers for peaches. And so I did that. And it was cool. But yeah, so a lot of that era was like, I don't know. I don't know if it was necessarily related to horror. I felt like it was a lot of it just ripping off the shock rock of that 90s, like Manson era. But I mean, of course, you know, you listen to interviews with the dude from uh, Slipknot. He definitely, his knowledge of punk rock and horror is, I think, a lot of the reason why Slipknot is what it is, you know? Yeah, I mean, Joey is probably one of the coolest drummers ever, I think, personally. But um, So, yeah, I respect them. I've always respected them musically. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, they had to sell records, so you know, right. they made some poor choices maybe. In hey! <laughs> Ooh, cell phone. Somebody's error. <laughs> cookies are done. Yeah. <laughs> I like cookies. 
But yeah, uh, no, what I was going to say, you know, you get into uh, before those bands and, you know, the, the white zombie thing turns into Rob Zombie. White Zombie and Rob Zombie definitely are heavy into the horror thing. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> the crossover there is And I think a lot of that strong. is samples. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's the thing. For me, it was like even getting into any hard music. The first thing I ever got into was White Zombie mm-hmm. because I was, I mean, More Human Than Human was a cool song. It was very catchy. So, and slide guitar. And it had, you know, a dance beat, basically. So I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then I first, the first time I heard it, I heard a sample from The Haunting, and I was like, Oh, I know this. This yeah. is cool. And then I got obsessed with that it's entire so album. much so the artwork, everything about that first out, yeah. Astro Creep. Because yeah. I didn't hear what Sexista. I can't say which is the first, the one before that with Thunder that's Kiss. The third record. Yeah, there's two before oh, those. I've heard them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Make them they got better. <laughs> Soul Crusher. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what was I gonna say there? Oh, and yeah, so much so. What I was gonna say the crossover with the horror stuff. It's so much so that um, they actually credit now the creep as being Rob Zombie's thing when it's from the Phantom Creeps, right? right. The yeah, big right. masked dude. And they're like, uh, what was it? Um, uh, Trick or Treat Studios just released those rings. Yes. And we were talking about I'm that. Get one. And he and and they've got it listed as Rob Zombies. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I mean, creeper, creeper, shit. creeper. Maybe or whatever. by this point in time, he took over the copyright on it. Possibly. Because that thing's always at his shows, too. Probably also public domain anyway. You oh, know? yeah, that's so. true. Oh, yeah. I see you're wearing a white I'm zombie. I'm literally game. wearing a white zombie shirt wow. right now. Do we plan this? And I don't like Rob Zombie as a uh, solo artist. Um, I don't know. Like I, I like Hellbilly Deluxe, which, Sorry. number one, I thought Bazil uh, Gogos doing the cover art was pretty cool. Yeah. And then... Like I'm glad, that went, one, I'm glad he went into film because I did like his departure in the film. So that, well, Hellbilly Deluxe had tons of samples. I remember as a kid, like I need to find this sample. What what movie that's from? So that actually laid out a little task for me to go find out all these movies. I knew some of them, but yeah, that was kind of fun. He's you know? put together some cool like compilations too. Like, right. Uh, Halloween Hoot Nanny, dude. I play that every awesome, Halloween, dude. Every Halloween, it's got like so many spooky surf bands out there. And yeah, yeah. He like found Los Stray Jackets, Los Stray Jackets, yeah. uh, Southern Culture on the Skids is on there. Ghastly ones. Uh, There's a couple of Ghastly ones tracks on yeah. there. Yeah, well, he does vocals on one of them. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. And like Dead Bolts on there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is, for me, it was, you know, I had, I got into metal around that time, but I also got into, like, kind of EDM. I was a DJ for, like, eight years, nine, whatever. But Super Sexy Swingin' Sounds was the first, like... <laughs> the remix e- album. Yeah, the remix album was, like, the first, like, I considered uh, almost an EDM-type album. It was more like a, just a dance album, but it was the first time I was like, ooh, the remix is kind of cool. And so, yeah, I started looking for remixes of other things. Of like Rob Zombie stuff or just in general? Just in general. I mean, okay. That's what got me into like, oh, I, I do like dance music a little bit more than I thought I did. <laughs> I shake my butt to it. I, I love do. to dance. I do love to dance. <laughs> I like to dance. But uh, yeah, I mean. Dancing before you were born. It was kind of interesting. I know I told the story on the, the last part one uh, where I saw quote unquote the misfits with uh, Graves. And it wasn't good. But 
what I will say is I think that was also when we started getting the misfits entering into some of the mainstream where, you know, you could go to the hot topic and buy a misfit shirt. Right. Also with that was the <clears throat> Danzig's rise, then Metallica doing Die Die My Darling right. yeah. and the Misfits reuniting or whatever that was. <laughs> so but yeah, but what I'm getting at is by the mid nineties yeah. and late nineties, we're already like most horror fans know the Misfits whether they knew of the music or not, because it was kind of being shoved as a product in their yeah. face. I remember seeing the Fiend Skull like all over the place as a kid and not knowing what the hell it was. And yeah. then, like there was like a guitar in a pawn shop that had a Fiend Club sticker on it. I was like, that's cool. I don't know what that is, but that's cool. And then, yeah. And then you bought the full, guitar. It, and then it comes full circle. No, no I didn't. <laughs> buy the no, I, def- ah. I definitely saw a Misfits t shirt before I ever heard the Misfits. Oh, I was just, here. Yeah. It just—it was always like a powerful image. You're like, that's kind of well. Cool. It was always the Crimson Ghost, right? Yep. Yeah. The, yeah, which they now trademarked as the Fiend. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> just like Rob Zombie. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's traded hands a couple times, I think, because I have like an old poster that has like, like it says like Glenn Danzig has a copyright, and then there's like newer stuff. There's like a different copyright thing on the. Box. Yeah, the Crimson Ghost was public domain, so that's probably why uh, everybody can just do whatever they want with it. But yeah, now it's the Fiend. But yeah, yeah. And those dudes, you know, we talked about it last time with the crossover with the George Romero video mm-hmm. and they were in Bruiser, um, you know, so they they definitely were were connecting things again, even if you weren't totally into it, you know. Yeah. And they yeah. had an album called Famous Monsters. I mean, <clears throat> but that was the thing like <laughs> and the cover art was from that same dude that you were talking about. The the Hort- right, right. Bazil uh, Gogos, who yep. did a lot of Famous Monsters stuff. But the thing that always bugged me about that new era misfits once I like sat down and listened to them after listening to them live and not really digging them, I gave them a chance. And they have a song called The Shining that talks about poltergeist and that drove me insane. <laughs> that was like the inner yeah. nerd in me. I'm like, why are you saying about Carol Ann? It's called The Shining. God damn it. Yep. Which poltergeist? Was it three? Yeah. It, it, no, it was... Shut up. I hate you. <laughs> no, I mean, it's called The Shining, and like the chorus is Carol Ann, Carol Ann, the beast is gone. It makes zero sense. You're going to want to edit that one out. No. Nope. Um, nope. What is that now? What are we talking about? That terrible Misfits crap? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're your favorite band, right? <laughs> at times, at times, they're your favorite band. Yeah. Graves era only. Yeah. <laughs> that era ended in 83. <laughs> the misfits were no longer. Yeah, I mean, I think of what I listen to of them, that's really what I like, the only stuff I take to. So. Right. No, I just, that's like the, for me, it's like, that's like my favorite era of like punk and just in general. Right. 77, 83. Yeah. A lot of cool stuff happens. Yep. But yeah, the, you know, whatever. the That stuff was cool <clears throat> uh, for doing what it did, which was, you know, putting the, the horror stuff back on everybody's minds again, you know, like I said, with Danzig and Rob Zombie and all the new metal stuff and the Misfits. Yep. We I mean, definitely... then, and then when he jumped into like doing films, it was like full circle with like, then of House course, of Thousand Corpses. And of course, because you got that, um, the Misfits, you know, reunited mm-hmm. stuff, then you get into uh, all the bands that spin off from that. And then, you know, the Misfits introduced Balzac, the Japanese horror band oh yeah and then you know Graves splits off and does his groups like Gotham Road and Graves 
And then, um, of course, you get into the Wednesday 13 and the Calabrese, which is all newer stuff going into this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard Wednesday 13. I know. Or Gorgeous Frankenstein. Gorgeous oh, Frankenstein yeah. with yeah. Doyle. And, uh, you know, yeah, it carries it on. I mean, it keeps the thing going. So it, it does re-spark the horror punk So correct me thing. if I'm wrong. Wasn't Joey from Slipknot in Wednesday 13 or something like that? I think, I think that's I right. I so. Yeah, okay. I think that's right. And then Wednesday 13 was in the Murder Dolls. If I right. Uh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I remember this now. I, I kind of blinked out on that. Power Man 5000. I'm just going to say it once. You know what? I, I always thought Power Man Spider 5000 zombie. was like the fucking sci-fi version and Rob Zombie was the horror version. I like that album. I don't know yeah. why. It was funny. I had cool samples. <laughs> but it didn't like sci-fi instead of horror. But whatever. <laughs> whatever. That one song was catchy. But um, also in the 90s, I mean, we started, I know we talked about uh, Nine Inch Nails, but getting into some of the industrial Mm-hmm. Ministry like, was yeah. Ministry was way more in everybody's minds. I think the first time I heard Ministry was actually in the movie Hardware mm-hmm. with Stigmata, and I'm like, oh, dude, this band, I gotta check them out. And then I think that was coincidentally right around the same time as Psalm 69 coming out. Yeah, and like that for whatever reason hit platinum or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a big deal, and I think all they played was Jesus Built My Hot Rod on. Mm-hmm. The radio. They didn't play any other tracks, right? Yeah. Right. That's crazy. Uh, no, they had uh, Just One Fix was a big video song for MTV. Oh, yeah. Okay. They definitely had the, the imagery and then all that shit on MTV. Gotcha. Yeah, they were big in that. That was 92 because uh, they headlined Lollapalooza that year. They were so big. Damn. Yeah. Wow. I guess I didn't realize how big they were. Gravity yeah. Kills. Gravity Kills. Oh, yeah. You're bringing the St. Louis roots in? Well, Just yeah. And if you talk about industrial and it was in the okay. Seven soundtrack, okay. yeah. right? Yeah. That's how we tie it in. I was cool. going to say, that's Thanks. how we tie it in. It's in the Seven soundtrack. We, uh, I'm allowed to talk. Well, also, the, um, you know, in St. Louis, we got Voice of God. We had our yeah. own ministry type thing. Oh, know? really? See, I don't know this. So if you look up there, you can yeah. see my little wall with my yeah, Voice I of God it. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and they were definitely also crossed over, you know, with that. Um, uh, one guy was a six foot something nun tearing off pages of the Bible and throwing yeah. in the crowd. Um, you know, dressing like schoolgirls. It definitely had all that that wax tracks. You know, crossover stuff with all those all those groups did. You know, the, oh, that wow. was the goth thing. Yeah, that's uh, just entertaining with the industrial stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, now I'm just staring at posters here at the record space at eighty seven sixteen Gravoy Road. I candy. Yeah. So anyway. That was, uh, and then of course, uh, from Voice of God, you get Sons of Black Mass, which is, you know, a callback to the Japanese horror film. Yeah. So, you know, and uh, they, they you know, continued on. That was mid 90s. Uh, but yeah, that, that presence was definitely in St. Louis too, which we talked about last time with all the bands <clears throat> like Necro Creep and. Yeah, yeah. Freaking Hookers and. Right. You know. My own band that never went anywhere. And we were all trying to do the same thing. <laughs> the, that's oh, how the much, one that you and Rick were talking about. Yeah, yeah. Dirty Bastards. But yeah. that's how much the horror thing was on everybody's minds in the mid-90s that we were all wanting to be in horror, punk, or metal bands. You know what I mean? With that imagery. <clears throat> did you guys play time. the Creepy Crawl? I did once. but I did too. Back in the day. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what about uh, any of you guys with 90s? Horror stuff. 
what what year when was that first Tiger Army album? Was that like was that that early? Dude, wasn't that like 2001? 96. 96. Wow. Oh, wait, no, the first studio album was in 99. 99. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say it was on the tail end. AFI was definitely in uh, 95, 96, because uh, yeah, they played the same places we were playing at the time. Well, AFI and Tiger Army are also linked by sharing a couple different band members. And yeah. Having mm-hmm. Some backing vocals on different albums. Yeah, AFI definitely had the imagery too. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, their Halloween records, dope. Too. Yeah. I bought that here at the record space. A yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of that on everybody's minds in the 90s with the soundtracks and the uh, the bands and, of course, the Misfits, you know, influencing everybody. Like, all of those bands were de- definitely all spawned off of that Misfits thing. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I know, like, rockabilly is kind of its own thing that, you know, comes from country and just rockabilly stuff but then you get into horror billy which is like necromantics and yeah yeah yeah. and and again it is yeah like you said it's kind of i don't want to say derivative because i think that's taking away from some of those bands but it kind of is it's spawned from the cramps it's spawned from all these other things and it evokes horror imagery like when you know necromantics for one it's kind of a it's a play on words, but it's also uh, when I heard that band name, I'm like, oh shit! I wonder if they saw that movie Necromantic, which is really gross, but fun. Good movie. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen it. I've seen it. Tell me about it. It's what is fantastic. the What is the plot? Oh goodness, I cannot remember. Okay, it's that good. It's uh, there's not much there of a, a plot. Scene with a cat. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the cat was in the bathtub. Remember correctly? Let, let's put it this way: if the dark web stuff spooked you out, you might not want to watch this one. Oh my! <laughs> oh my! I got them both though, so you can rent them from Andy's video. I don't think I will. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to the necromantics, you also get the horror pops, which right. Patricia Day was married to uh, Necroman. Yeah, and so horror pops did what? Kill, kill, kiss, kiss, kill, kill, kiss, kiss, kill, kill. Okay. I remember listening to the album. I liked it. I also liked a couple of Canadian bands called uh, like The Creep Show and mm-hmm. Matadors. I really dug. Um, but I think a lot of that was from Room Org magazine because I was really tied into Room Org. You were for a day. while there, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's how I heard those bands. And then I kind of got more into the Rockabilly stuff. And I remember hearing Tiger Army. And I'm like, oh, these guys are kind of good. Um and Don, I know you wrote down like AFI as mm-hmm. well. Would you really group those? I I remember you know people yeah. saying AFI Tiger Army. They kind of go. Well, in AFI, definitely they're uh, that. Like I said, the ties with the Misfits was you know where it all to me right. blends together, and they definitely had some of the uh, lyrical content for that. Of course, you know they were a little bit different, but they definitely you know all wanted to be the Misfits. Yeah, well, it's funny because like you say AFI, and all I can think of is Miss Murder, and I hate that now because I think of their early stuff, and it's definitely completely different. But they're mean. I forgot they did the rise of popularity of them in like the two thousands was you know Mike Kim and all those bands, which I I don't know if we want to jump into that, but I mean they also had horror elements, I guess, in the original. I don't think it's an I guess. I mean the Black Parades puts it pretty pretty much on Front Street. That video is. Yeah, definitely heavy laden in. in uh, but like even their first theme. album, like uh, or 
I don't even know if it's the first album, but the previous album from Black Parade. I, I have no clue. Okay, I'm, cool. I'm totally out of that. Nice. Anyone else uh, at this three stage? Years for Sweet Revenge. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Right. Yeah, I like that one. That's fun. I like all their albums. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like? Did you like? Uh, was it? Uh, Dark ah, Danger it? Days. Yep, that's it. <laughs> I like how you keep yeah. turning to me. It's an okay record. It's not as good as those. No, it wasn't. Ones. It was like a more like a pop record. Is it was weird. Power Band Five Thousand. Yeah, it was the Space Race. Yeah, but it's got some cool stuff on it. I, yeah, I like, I like all their stuff. So you know, I'm cool well, with that. Cool. Yeah, I try to keep up. Oh yeah, so that's <laughs> I don't thing. There was everything. like that. No, I know you don't. But like that was the thing. There was like this era in the two thousands where I consider it. And I hate to say this, but it's like hot topic music. It was like, yep, that's for sure. Ronnie Ratke and all that. Yeah. Well, it's always been fascinating to me too. Uh, you know, I'm sure you guys are the same way. My wife's staring at me. This is her stuff. So. <laughs> well, what I found fascinating was I didn't get into them until uh, My Chemical Romance until Kevin Smith had uh, the brothers on the podcast. Oh. Okay. And. Uh, they were talking about um, how old they were, and I was like, "Damn, those dudes are my age," yeah. which is fucking insane to me. Yeah. But like, whenever all that shit was around, you're like emo. Everybody was like emo kid, emo kid, and you're like, "But those dudes were straight up grown men. Like, <laughs> they were my age." That's funny. <laughs> so yeah, Gerard. I didn't it, know. it was just a different take on you know the shit that we were all into. You know, is their own version of it. You yeah. Know? So, <clears throat> yeah, no, I, I appreciate it for what it was, and then and listening to those guys talk. Sometimes music, it, it's not always about just if you can get into it directly from the way it sounds. Sometimes you can connect with stuff by hearing about the process or yeah, shit like definitely. that. And then I can get into something after the fact. Especially go, if I, oh, I appreciate yeah. this from a different angle. And I kind of get what, what was going on. Perspective sometimes yeah. helps, you know. Yeah. Which is how I got into those dudes. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Anybody else talk about my I see you got notes down there. I do have notes. What else you get to talk about? Uh, well, while we're kind of on the pop genre, there's always Alkaline Trio. Yeah, I was, I was saying, I think we're full-blown in the 2000s, so we can yeah, talk Alkaline about Trio those. is still late 90s. And, um, oh. Yeah, they were like, <laughs> oh. like, yeah. like And they, uh, it was that Misfits reunion shit yeah. that triggers yeah. Alkaline Trio. Because if you listen to those that early stuff they were doing, they were listening to that Michael Graves vocal shit and trying to emulate it. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely very apparent, <laughs> and uh, but uh, you know that's again it's something I got into later, you know, and I appreciate it now so much. So I have a tattoo that my daughter drew because yeah, she you loves do. it. <laughs> I saw them in Reggie in the Full Effect. It was awesome. I don't know. Cool story. <laughs> Thanks, Niles. It was pre. Uh, stop glaring at me. <laughs> my favorite Alkali Trio song is Radio. Isn't that the funnest? That's the one that everybody is your favorite Misfits song, Skulls. Yep. No, it's actually Halloween. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. It is. I Immediately. Halloween. Uh, what other bands the worst. do you have on there? Uh, Blitz Kid. Okay. Water Punk. Which the first album he put out didn't necessarily have anything to do with horror at all, except for maybe one song. Right. It was everything after that that was, you know, She Wolf and Let's Go to the Cemetery and, murders at prom yeah and like I, I know it's not necessarily horror but i also remember uh like it's not it's not even really that genre it's like old school punk but like uh guitar wolf yeah. you know i mean i remember seeing them on wild zero and i'm like oh this is a fun movie and somebody's like that's a real band you know I'm like mm -hmm. what 
And then I got into Guitar Wolf, and that was a lot of fun. They're playing this Friday. Yes, they are. At FUBAR. Tonight, by the time this episode's released. Tonight. Yeah. <laughs> go see <laughs> Go Nash, see them tonight. Nashville Pussy with uh, Guitar Wolf and Turbo ACs. Tickets are how much? 25 bucks. There you go. At FUBAR. Well worth going to. It's yeah. gonna, I'm going to be there, so... I'll be at all the shows. The Damned, speaking of horror shit. I mean, oh, yeah. Got the Damned week. on Wednesday. Yeah. Which is after. you got Hopefully everybody that's listening to this saw it. And yeah. Had a good time. And also hopefully everybody went to the TSOL show on Thursday. <laughs> and so. like, I'm also going to say the five, six, seven, eights, just because they were in the Tarantino movie. It's not horror, but that's not yeah. horror at all. Yeah, so that's I know. fine. Well, you know that scene, people's <laughs> limbs get cut off. Eh. Oh, do they? Eh, Are they coming you know, to? You know, yeah. No. yeah. At Fubar, yeah. I when, so, yeah. Uh, actually, that might be Wednesday too. Oh shit! Oh really? I, I yeah. The damn, the damn show is on the same night. Yeah. Well, oh, I mean that's an boy. easy one, dude. The damn's yeah. playing Machine Gun Etiquette in no, its entirety. Never mind, guys. <laughs> Well, you have choices on Wednesday. How about that? No, but it doesn't matter choice. because Wednesday was. If the dam sold out, you had choices. <laughs> yeah, you had choices. Hey, remember that time you had a choice? <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is. We're talking to you from the past, in the future, about the past that we haven't gotten to yet, which is in the future for us too. I I got it. <laughs> I got it. I I believe you because you are smart and I am not, and that's the word. I don't really. Have. <laughs> uh, Ooh, my, mindless self indulgence. Can we? T- <laughs> what? what? No. They got dark themes, don't they? Uh, I don't know about that, what, bud. What do you got, Josh? We're getting into early two thousand. Yeah, anything. Anything you want to talk? It's about. It's a free for all. All right. <laughs> uh, that doesn't even have to be horror anymore. Nope. You can talk about anything. <laughs> Gwen Tarantino's just. Talk about how you love Gwen Stefani. Yeah. You're not supposed to tell people about that. <laughs> um, all right. I'll start the the band Harley Poe. I'll bring that up. Oh, That's yeah. a little later. It starts like 2004. Oh, but I will preface with his band, the singer and songwriter, Joe. Before that, Calibretto 13. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which was, they were on Tooth and Nail. So they were like <laughs> sort of a Christian Dude, folk punk band. That's another part yeah. of my past. I was like super conservative, like youth group kid. So like <laughs> Christian punk rock and like Christian metal. Oh, I know all of it. Yeah. Like, Tooth and Nail was that, my. Was that Dogwood? Dude. MXPX. MXPX, <laughs> Slick Shoes. And then like I got harder. I was like, ooh, P.O.D. Project 86. Some pillar. Wow. Pillar, yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you think so, you know somebody. Let's get Dave no, on right? the phone. Yeah. yeah. Dave might have some. <laughs> so, his stuff, yeah, for sure. So their first couple albums are more like fun, like folk punk. kind of. They still do like sort, sort of sci-fi-ish themes. Like their first record it had like a usual suspects like take for cover art. Right. And then uh, Adventures in Tokyo was like the next record. And they sing about like aliens invading Hollywood and blowing it up and stuff like that. So not exactly what you would expect from like a Christian folk punk band, but then their follow up. Oh yeah, my air quotes. Uh, their follow up, like a little down the road, uh, they had an EP called Dead by Dawn, and they dropped the thirteen. They just called it Calibretto, and it was like the biggest shift that I've heard in like band. Like hey, there was happy folk punk music <laughs> about this to just the darkest right. shit. And it's all they use audio from Evil Dead Two throughout and American That's Psycho awesome. and like different stuff. I had stuff. no idea. But they like went way off. Sample. 
and mm. the band broke up <laughs> like not too long about. after that and then he started harley poe and it's like so extremely polar opposite like just singing about satan and monsters that and it, movie stuff well, a lot of those bands really you know like, let's be honest they signed they got an offer if they could keep it clean they didn't necessarily have to have a topic at all that was even religious. Yeah. They could just, if they could just not curse and talk about, you know, things of, you know, do it offend somebody. You're good. We got you on this label. Sounds yeah. good. Here's some money. Go tour. And you could, you can kind of tell he was like working around some themes because a lot of his songs were about problems he saw yeah. with like his peers and sure. like those things like that. And then he just, I think, said, fuck it. And just, I want to sing about monsters <laughs> and like. Just started singing just get about full like blown into it, crazy, yeah. like gory stuff. But right. yeah, the, the Harley Post stuff's really great. Like they've kind of run the gambit of like really stripped down. It almost sounds like Violent Femmes if they were obsessed with B movie horror. Well, that sounds phenomenal. And then they kind of move like into them. like some heavier, more like synthy, fast, like clean punk stuff. Back, strip it down again. They've been all over the place, but yeah, I I mean I know of Harley Poe. I think they were put on. Uh, a room work house of horror compilation. I think that's the first time. Uh, it's the end of the world. Yeah. When they're talking about the zombie fir- apocalypse. First singles, yeah. I was like, yeah, I like this band. They're fun. And they but have- I've never heard of Calibretto 13. That's interesting. Yeah, man. Tooth yeah. and nail. It's hard. Like if you were to <laughs> listen to the albums back to back, you would, yeah. you would be like hard pressed to other than the vocals. You wouldn't believe that the same guy wrote it. Cause, right. cause it's no sample. But, but they put a well, they put now out with Horrorhound too, or I think Horrorhound put out their Pagan Harley Poe. Yeah, or, yeah. Um, one of their more sure. recent ones, um, I guess, maybe it was like five years ago or so, maybe more. I can't. I'm I want to say it was actually more recently. I thought Pagan Holiday. Yeah, I'm trying to. That find. one's weird because because they released it through Horrorhound, you can't find it as easily like direct from them. It's got Calibretto, oh, here, Calibretto, and then Calibretto 13. Yeah, that's the one you wanted. Uh, so they have a song called American? Don't Go in the Woods or no, American Psycho. American Psycho sings from the perspective of Patrick Bateman, and it's pretty good. Okay. They're all good. But. Let's see. I need to engage in homicidal behavior on a <laughs> Okay, so it starts off with a sample. That's good. Great movie, by the way. Oh, that's weird. It's kind of like Harley Poe. It's up yeah. This is like working his way toward that like sound. Okay. And he's got such a unique voice. I, I totally get the Violent Femmes reference because Absolutely. that's kind of what I thought too. All right. We'll link that up in uh, the show notes for the Spotify because that's interesting. I like that. It's fun. Yeah. What was, the, what was the Australian group that had like the female singer? Um, and she's like solo now. Oh boy. Oh, oh. Good call, guys. <laughs> I'm done talking. But it sounded a lot like that. It was almost like a Australian group. With the kind of a, oh, no. Was, I was thinking of Dresden Dolls. That's exactly what I'm talking about. She's not Australian, is she? She is, yes. I thought she was from Boston. Nope. Fight. No. Fight. Fight. All right. She has a whole. Amanda Palmer. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Amanda All right. Palmer. But it had that same kind of like, Amanda Palmer. Yeah, Amanda Palmer. Palmer. Yeah. But it has that same. It has that same kind of vibe that like. All right. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It's it's like that upbeat kind of carnival. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I like yeah. it. Sort of the sound. F- and now they just do like a slower carnival now. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
it's good and they they've moved like they cover like a lot of movie stuff a lot of like dark theme stuff in general but then like kind of get into like also like personal topics and like using it for catharsis and like more recent records and stuff so like it's all over the place but he's a really good songwriter and it's like it's fun Unless yeah. it's either fun or extremely depressing. So it can be, <laughs> or both. The whole album is just yeah. a wave. It's a roller coaster depression. of emotions. Ah, I feel great. Oh, shit. Yep. Okay. All right. That's a perfect summary. <laughs> really? <laughs> but like one of, their, their, one of their big records was called Satan, Sex, and No Regrets. And I think that just pretty much sums up what they're about. Well, you know, got stuff to listen <laughs> to. Um, speaking of that flip, though, we talked about it on the last episode. Was was Rocky Erickson? Yeah, uh, that record, the Evil One, originally started out as a Christian rock album. Yeah, um, and he decided that he was an alien, and then he didn't like the teachings of the Lord, so he changed all of the the, the angels and devils to demons and demons and gremlins. Yeah, yeah, and so like it all took on the this horror. Uh, yeah, Satanistic vibe, uh, you know. <laughs> that's no, that's one of my favorite records. The, the evil one's great. Even yeah. the one be, uh, before that, uh, "Don't Slander Me." That one was a. Uh, "Don't Slander Me" was the two years later. Was it later? Yeah, evil one was first. Um, that was the one that he made with the dudes when he was actually still the, in prison. When they were, maybe they re-released "Don't Slander Me" first and then put that out. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, yeah, the Rocky Erickson stuff's all great, and. Uh, you know, we talked about that last time. <laughs> we did. But, yeah. You know, uh, so Don gave me a master list of bands, and we hit them all, except for First Jason. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, do we want to explain what First Jason is? Yeah, so this is when you get horror dudes crossing over into music, if they belong there, I guess. <laughs> uh, well, like Edward Furlong, or... No, 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 into no, no. horror-based music, right? I mean, that's what the dude does, right? Yes. It's a gimmick based on him being, uh, you know, the original Jason. Right, right. So or Ari he's... Lehman is the first Jason, meaning he's the kid that jumps out in the first Friday the 13th. So he decided to make a band called First Jason, and uh, he plays a guitar. And, uh, yeah, it's 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 music. <laughs> <laughs> it so exists. What, what is the the lyrical content? I mean, is it all horror based? Pretty much. It, it's but if I'm remembering correctly, the few songs that he has, or at least the few songs that I heard, are all about Jason. <laughs> like I want to say, there's one song that like it's Jason and he's coming to get you or something like that. I, I forget what it is, but it's bad. So. <laughs> Listen to it on SoundCloud if you want fun times. I don't know. And this is this is no affiliation with the Jasons because there's like a Correct. Ramones-ish. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 like Jason. Okay. no. It <laughs> I forgot about them. Uh, no, first Jason is Ari Lehman and like some other dudes that you know play every once in a while in somebody's garage. <laughs> and or coming up at Fubar next week. No. Oh, are you? So, oh, I was like, are you serious? Is that another option on Wednesday? Yeah. <laughs> also on Wednesday that's, at Fubar. That's the matinee show. <laughs> but I mean, usually, uh, if you really want to catch them, if Ari Lehman's playing a convention and it's uh, if they have like an after party, maybe you'll catch first Jason. I know, I really sold that band, so everybody's excited to see it. I hope they have a song called First Jason. 
actually, they might. I'm, I'm not kidding. <laughs> pull, pull that one off. First, Jason. Uh, no. No, no. No. I'm not doing it. I almost I have, did it. I've actually never heard it, so I just knew about it. Uh, and I knew not to later. listen to it. Uh, so uh, other stuff on here that I don't know if we covered. SoundCloud rappers? We did. We, we did. We did. We kind of did. I mean, that's what I was talking about when I was talking about the new wave of, of hip-hop. Because, to be honest... Most hip hop that is getting played on the radio is something that has been produced by the same guy who produced another pop album or an EDM album. I mean, Diplo does everything now, so let's be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, sound. I mean, everyone can have an album. You, it's mm-hmm. so easy to just record in your basement, and it's great. And there's nothing wrong with it. But yeah, so you have SoundCloud artists who exist because of this reason, <laughs> because they can just sit in their mom's basement and make a beat, and then. Talk about sad things and drugs and. What about Ice Nine Kills? I, I know nothing about this artist. Did, did you watch the videos I sent you? So my son <laughs> <Nope>. also, <laughs> my son also turned me on to this because they had some. I, th- I want to say they had some merchandise out that was crossing Disney characters with horror characters. Yeah, and they, well, they, they got shut sued, down yeah. immediately. Yep. <laughs> um, but all their music videos are like little short films. You don't that know start them. Out. That's funny. I thought you would. They're like, aren't they, aren't they older? I thought they were from like the two, mid-2000s. I don't know. I have no idea when they Yeah, me either. Around. I got nothing, but I, I just always assume they the were around. And, you know, I mean, it's just metalcore stuff yeah. with um, horror, heavy horror imagery and songs that are directly named after horror films. Yeah, nothing. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then, like, of course, then my son, you know, that's what I'm saying. So, like, what I'm getting to is that the... The horror crossed over into music is still very prevalent now, and in the kids' mu- music with the SoundCloud stuff with yeah. the um, yeah, I said it. The kids' I'm at, music. I'm 41 I'm like, and I'm a father of four. I, so. Sure, no, so <laughs> yeah, yeah even like you can go to PacSun and you can buy a 21 Savage shirt, and he's literally wearing a Jason mask. I'm just saying. <gasps> so yeah, they it, it's it's still very relevant, but again, you know, living off the past is what we do now. <laughs> So I feel like most times we're just... Yeah, well, I mean, and that's kind of where I find... Like, I, I might be out of touch with some of the newer uh, artists that do this horror crossover. Yeah. But what I will say is, like, you know, uh, things like Instagram and social media uh, in general, horror seems to be a talkable topic. Back back in the 90s, it was kind of taboo. It was it was a miracle if I found somebody that knew what the hell of Fangoria was. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting because now we we deal with music in general sometimes is self-referential. I mean, in general, I feel like we live in nerd culture. That's yeah, what, that's basically. What Literally Hot Topic has sprung off and made an entire store based called, what is it, Lunchbox? I don't even... Box Lunch? Box lunch, sure. Really, and it's literally just for nerd culture. What? Like, the wait, fact this is a separate brick and it's mortar. It's more store? successful. Yeah, it's ex- more successful than hot. T- I mean, I've worked in retail for a long time, so like, I just know the rise of certain things. And nerd no culture is huge. Like, that's what's making money. People are going out and spending money on this stuff. Like, and so yeah, obviously, it's affecting the kids. The kids are gonna know what horror movies are. They're gonna know what, the kids. Yeah, I mean, that's what I say. People now, I feel like more than any have access to anything yeah so you can go onto youtube and just check out trailers you could check out i mean let's be honest if you if you know how you can steal things too but you know it's not hard to find media at this point so and if you're a fucking poser you can get all your opinions from rotten tomato yep 
That's and a, find out all your favorite horror movies without even watching them. Bang, bang. They're shot. She's done. That sounded really personal. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> critics. Well, well, I guess it's cool. I kind of am one. You, I don't know. Yeah, you are, I but I use Andy for that. You, I use Andy. <laughs> I read, I read what you write. I, I know mean, what but, I said. Uh, you know, in that, I, not, I stand to it. I don't, I'm not reading it, going, yeah, I'm not going to watch that. Yeah, no, you know, kids definitely don't. Uh, again, I've got four of them, and I know what they do, and I've seen that the, my son and all his friends. I like how it. this has turned into a dad talk. The dad, no, but I mean that's, but it's true. The we next were, podcast, I uh, think we're at the point where tens. we're talking about the future. Music, horror, where are we going? Right. Is there going to be anything new? Will it matter? You know, there's not, as me and Andy were talking about this earlier, there's not a lot of money in making music anymore right. other than stuff that's obviously going to be a one-hit wonder for, you know. Merchandising. Or if you drink. That's what you know. it is. I mean, that's the, <laughs> and that goes back. Yeah, the only thing you could do is sell your merch and have something that, uh, you know, is sellable. That well, people it goes want. back to what we were talking about with the Misfits thing, when yeah. everybody knows what the shirt is, right. you know what I mean, without knowing what the music is. So, I mean, that's how you bring money. Misfits, yeah. Joy Division, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nirvana, <laughs> just Metallica. I have a ton of Metallica shirts. I bought them at the mall at yeah. Sun. So, yeah, that's where we're at. I think well, Tiger Army did a really good job of that, too. Like, yeah, I remember that every, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's also like now I think synthwave has kind of become yeah. like well there's even subgenres of that dark but synth. yeah there's like dark synth and chill wave and all this yeah. other stuff mm-hmm. that you know I'm just gonna sound like an old man saying no it. you're fine I mean that's the thing it's it is uh, I feel like music is definitely being made now for the love of music it has nothing to do right. with yeah. I'm gonna make it big and but all. what's interesting about like some of that synth stuff is like you can tell where the influences are and I think they mostly lead to John Carpenter mm-hmm. which yeah. you know I mean I, I think yeah, when, what what the dudes that did the Stranger Things soundtrack oh yeah Survive Survive yeah, yeah, yeah. they uh, so Survive is a really cool uh, band there's a band called Zombie just like yeah. it's spelled yeah. in uh, it- Italian Joel Grind uh, uh, from yeah. Toxic Holocaust. Yeah. Carpenter Brute. Carpenter Brute. Um, and there's a whole bunch of other synth artists. Con Truce. Um, you know, there's like, basically, once they start using Prophet Fives, which is what Carpenter used as a synthesizer back in the day, which he only did out of convenience. Like, he's yeah. like, I can't afford an uh, orchestral score, so I'm just going to create one on synth. But I think it also created a mood for his films. And I always loved Carpenter as a composer, so I lost my shit when he went on tour and I went up to Chicago to go see him. I wasn't going to miss that. But it's interesting to hear some of these these bands now or these artists that do synthwave stuff, and they're, they're doing kind of the thing that we talked about with Rob Zombie and other bands where they throw in samples of... You know, movies that we grew up with, whether it be RoboCop or like other horror films, and and then they have a synth, uh, synthesizer, uh, arpeggio sort of thing happening, and it's like, oh man, this is invoking a mood, and I think that's what a lot of artists do now is they they're more interested in invoking a mood and an atmosphere versus actually creating commercial material. Yeah, I mean, it's all about live shows and merch, right? And that's pretty much all you can hope for. And that you can afford to do such, mm-hmm. and that's fine. That's reality, and I'm okay with it. So yeah, and uh, you know, hopefully, when you're listening to this podcast, you're wearing the new Bastard Squad shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people get those, Don? Well, you could have got them at the TSOL oh, show well, yesterday. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> Too late. But, but 
<laughs> we got another we show coming up. We can't go to bastardsquad.bigcartel.com. You can come to the Punk Rock Flea Market on June oh, 29th. Andy will be there. I will be there. MCing the probably night away. Probably sweating my ass away. Yeah. Which is probably neat to have. Is that the 11th, anyway. right, you said? Nope. Uh, that's the 29th. The but 11th. the 11th. Right. Is Tell a uh, punk rock double feature yeah, yeah. with the decline of Western Civilization Part One and yep. Suburbia, and then you just told me a list of dates one day, and I was just like, "Okay, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm down, whatever." I just threw dates at you. I'm yeah, like, you we're doing like, this. it's the eighth, the eleventh, and some other date. Yeah, well, and then the 29th will be at the Silver Ballroom, and I guess the parking lot oh, yeah. across. That's gonna be so cool. So yeah, that will be fun. There will be yeah. a whole bunch of vendors there and stuff. And then bands playing like bastards. And don't forget to buy all their merch and yes. music, or they won't make a dime. They really don't. <laughs> they do not. We cool. Never do. Well, is there anything else that we want to talk about before we wrap up? Or we got it? Oh, I think that's good. Um, yeah. I don't know. The kids. The kids. <laughs> All let's, right. Let's pray for the children. All right. Let's wrap it up. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and probably Letterboxd and PSN, right? That's the running joke. At Treefy, T R I E F Y. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd at Niles Maddox, N I L E S M A T T O X 22. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at The Record Space. And my band at Bastard Squad, St. Louis. Uh, you can find me online places and Breakmouth Annie on Facebook. Did you have anything you want to plug? I still have no affiliation. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find me. You can't around. find yeah. her. Yeah. <laughs> you can look find up me. No Saint affiliation on Twitter. Dubs. You can try, but you will not find me. <laughs> uh, you can follow us as a collective at Twitter and Instagram at Destroy the Brain. Also, go to facebook.com slash groups slash we need to talk about horror and join in on the conversation as a burp. Anyway, uh, what did we want to do for a killer track? I feel like we need to close this one out with a killer track. First Jason. You <laughs> son of a bitch. Justice. Justice? Uh, Genesis. Oh, or uh, no. Uh, phenomenon? The Phenomenon yeah, yeah. song? No, no, no. The... Uh... Play Gloria. Oh, Play Gloria. Yes. <laughs> We're from St. Louis. We can do this. What song? Oh, yeah, Phantom. That's oh, you son of a bitch! I knew exactly what you were talking about. Play that lion's daughter. Oh, I should. That's what I should have played on the last episode. It's true. Well, that's why he didn't come back. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Here's uh, Justice Phantom. Thank you guys very much, and uh, we'll see you on episode forty-nine back in the studio. Forty-nine, dude. Adios. (laughs) The kids. The kids. (laughs)